Welcome to Peace and Serenity Radio Podcast inside the Peace Lounge right here on Mixed Talk Radio. I am your host, Serena Linnell, and I am your girl who is all about peace and serenity. This is the place where it's all about creating, maintaining, and protecting your peace. Here on the Peace and Serenity Radio Podcast, we will have fun, we will have conversations, and we will definitely have peace. There's 151 countries, y'all, but there's only one peace and serenity. If you don't have peace, get you some. What's up, Peace Squad? And welcome back to Peace and Serenity Radio Podcast. I am your host, Serena Linnell. And you know, I am your girl who is all about peace and serenity. June is Men's Health Month, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, and African American Music Month. And I want to highlight the men, the brothers, those who are making a difference locally, nationally, or globally. Our next guest is a San Francisco native. Shout out to the city by the bay. That's my hometown where it all goes down, y'all. Our guest is currently the assistant supervisor for the heating and air conditioning team for UCSF Campus Life Services. Over the years, he has watched the neighborhood he was raised in go through a number of social challenges from limited resources, increased crime and violence, homelessness, incarceration issues, and gentrification. He made a conscious choice to help make change in his community. Our guest has assisted in organizing events to take at-risk youth to extracurricular activities to expand their horizons. He's taken them to places such as rodeo shows, drag racing, and various sporting events. Our special guest has taken on the challenge to step up and have the much needed courage to make a change. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the Peace and Serenity Virtual Studio, Mr. John Henry. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Serena, for inviting me today to come on. I'm just honored to be here and just honored to the work that you're doing as well. So appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, we're going to get into it. And um, like I mentioned, you know, it's, it's Men's Health Month, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And um. I want to just jump right into it and start with a bang. Let's go. Let's go. I think this is an important <laughs> conversation. Let's do it. So what has life been like for you being a black man in America? 
Man, life's been exhausting. Um, I'm going to be honest. You know, being a Black man in America right now is very um, exhausting. It's um, at times complicated um, dealing with all of the the challenges that we um, encounter daily, um, not only in the workplace, but in the community. And uh, just being here in in America, and you see it across the news, what's going on from George Floyd uh, to Breonna Taylor, just racial profiling. Um, We just had an incident where a young man was racially profiled at one of the grocery stores in San Francisco. So the the treatment of of black males in America and our black women as well and and, in our brown community has been highlighted. It's um, been um, exercised in a way that's just it's unbelievable um, where we at. So it, it is extremely um, exhausting. Um, but, you know, with that being said, we have to uh, keep our heads up and continue to uh, push forward and be resilient um, because we are resilient people and our ancestors have endured even more um, than we've um, encountered in this time. So, um, yeah, it, it's a challenge, but we got to keep pushing forward. That's right. Exhausting, challenging. But you're right. We have to be resilient. We have to keep pushing um, you know, every every generation, you know, it started a long time ago and it seems like each generation we're kind of dealing with the same things, although we kind of handle it a little differently. Um, it, it might look a little different, but it seems like we, we still have the same trials, right? Those same challenges. Um, but like you said, being resilient and, and doing our part, right? Just doing whatever we can. Um, and, and I think a lot of it, and I think a lot of it, like you said, is just you know the repeated history. I mean, I'm I'm so happy that you're highlighting this conversation about man mental health, especially in the minority community. I am a big advocate of uh, mental health and uh, promoting it. We have to make this mental health thing cool. Um, the trauma um, that we deal with in our communities, the history of what our people have endured, has definitely um, impacted us. And you know, here in 2021, I mean, even as, as this is men month coming up. Um, Look at the legislative um, laws with voter suppression, Jim Crow. A lot of the things that happened in the past are reoccurring today. And uh, we have to equip our young people and uh, get them um, ready um, because this 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 fight will not end. It would only continue and it would only get more extreme. And uh, we definitely have to teach our young people and our young males, especially in the community, how to deal with mental health, how to deal with the anger, fear and pain and channel it in a way that can really impact the community positively. I'm glad you touched on that, especially touching on um, the youth. Right. They are our future. They're up next. And um, we definitely want their tomorrow to look better than our yesterday. And so, um, you know, with that being said, how does being um, a black man in America differ from being a young black man in America? And I'll take it um, even further. How did being a black child differ you um, than being a black teen? Because I think that there are different levels because we might experience it a little different, right? Um, From being a young boy and then being a teenager and now you're a man. Um, What those steps look like? So, I mean, it, it... It, it, it's really complicated, but it, it is simplified, right? You know, you you young um, from the age of like, you know, the time you're born to fifth grade or five years old, six years old, um, you know, you come up and you just look at certain things um, with 
love, compassion, humility, because you don't really know uh, any better. So when people say that people are born a certain way or their mentalities, I don't believe that. I believe people are taught in this learned behavior. As human beings, we learn. So for me, in a child, in my childhood growing up, um, you know, it was a lot of trauma. I mean, I lived in San Francisco, Baby Hunters Point, one of the worst communities in the city um, with social economic issues, um, you know, just poverty, um, you know, not having the jobs, you know, being raised by a single parent, um, you know, these life experiences that you get, that you pick up so fast as a young person, um, it's very traumatizing. And um, a lot of the mental health starts then, and we don't even understand um, why we're being hit and challenged in some of the ways um, that we are. And I think, like you said earlier, the education is very important to really educate people and let them know why we have the trauma. But seeing, you know, domestic violence in my home, seeing my mom go through that, seeing the community violence, seeing people on drugs, seeing uh, some of the the, the empowered uh, people that was trying to make change but couldn't because there's so many things pushing against them. As yeah, a young right. person, you don't even understand it. You just like, hey, you know, this is what it is, right? Then you get into the school system. So I'm going from a young man to transition into, uh, you know, a, a first grader to, to middle school. And then you start being taught things about your culture that you don't even understand. And they talking about slavery. And they talking about certain things that really didn't even apply. But it's being taught to us in a way where you thinking like, why? You know, it, it was it was like I, I didn't want to be black when I was young. It was like it sucks. Like we got enslaved, we got beat, things happened to us. You know, then you start getting in middle school, you see all of the drugs, the killing, the environment you in. You just like, wow, like this 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 really sucked. But it took me, you know, to go through some of those life changes. You know, from from middle school into high school transition. You know, being a teen, being a little angry and frustrated. Um, to be open to, to learn a little bit um, more. Uh, but it was it was a challenge, um, you know, getting through the city and, um, you know, getting to that young manhood. It was just like, wow, you know, you, you feel uh, unstoppable. Yeah. Um, you have like this courage and then you have all these other things that's inside of you. And I think that's the real uh, thing when it comes to this mental health, to ch how do we channel what's going on inside of us is I didn't have the tools that I have now, you know, yeah. me as a man, being able to have counseling, being able to have conversations, being able to be in relationships and learn different things from different people. Uh, when you're younger, you don't really get that because as a young person, you kind of isolate yourself a little bit. You know, you're dealing with the peer pressure. You don't want to talk to nobody. Right. We don't, right? We, don't <laughs> we, we can't really, we don't even really understand as a young person what's really happening with us. We're like, you know, it, to us, we're just going through the motions, but like, right. it's a thing. No, but it was fine. It was, it, was, it was just a challenge. And I mean, you know, now that I'm older, you know, being a 41-year-old man, um, having a grandchild, raising a 24-year-old daughter, you know, a lot of things change in my, my, my paradigm and my thinking change because I went through the experiences, right? And I think that is our job as elders in the community now. The experiences that we went through help give back to our younger generation. And a lot of time, the elders in the community are like, I don't want to deal with these young people. They don't want to listen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but we can't have that thought process because when I came up, I was a young parent. I had my child at 17 years old. I didn't have a how to be a dad book, right? Yeah. But I did have enough mentorship. And this is why I think mentorship is so important. Having people in the community outside of your family dynamic um, 
being able to support you because I was just blessed that I ran into some really great men in the community, some really great mentors. And um, they gave me a lot of love. They gave me a lot of support and a lot of information that I didn't know. And a lot of information that I wasn't getting at home because I had a single parent, a mom working three or four jobs, trying to make sure it was food. So she didn't really get to attend to us. Things that I wanted to do was also break the generational curse. Like I'm not going to be this guy that's going to walk away from my child. Right. I, I helped create this. Even though life's a struggle, I'm going through changes. I'm going to be there and I'm going to raise my kid and make sure that she gets the things that I didn't get. And that was just my commitment. And um, I, I wasn't, I can't say the best dad, but I did what a man is supposed to do to protect his daughter and provide the way that I best knew with the things that she needed to get by so that she didn't have to take the risk, the chance and the things that I had to do to get there. So um, that that's where it took me at, you know. That was good. Like everything that you just said was like so on point and it was so good um what would you tell your 13 year old self man if i could go back and tell my 13 year old self first thing i would say was one um mental health is okay um having to speak to somebody is uh okay because i know as a young man 13 years old i hold a, i held a lot of things in that I, that frustrated me living uh conditions where i was at in life uh some of the feelings that i had and i wish i was more open to talk to people uh, because I held a lot of, you know, a lot of things that bothered me in and it made me, you know, a lot of times um, channel it in a way that wasn't so positive in ways that didn't really help impact myself or the community. So, yeah, I, I, I would definitely tell my 13 year old self, go get the help. Talk to somebody you could trust. Get it off your chest, um, because yeah. definitely um, it would have moved me in a, in a lot of different ways and, and projected uh, my future a little different um, because I didn't get that help. Sometimes I had to take different pathways and it maybe have been a longer uh, pathway to get to where I needed to be. But if I would have just talked about what was bothering me and really opened up and was open to getting the help and support, I probably would have been a little bit faster at where I would have been at. What's up, Peace Squad? You know what time it is. It's time for your peace check inside the Peace Lounge on Mixed Talk Radio. June is Men's Health Month and Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm a huge mental health advocate, so you know I'm going to ask some questions and share some facts to raise awareness. Let's get into it. Did you know 63% of Black people believe that a mental health condition is an indication of weakness? This is why many people fear they may be talked about and discriminated against because of their mental health condition. What happens at the intersection of mental health and one's experience as a Black person living in America? Hmm. I'm so glad you asked because it's quite interesting, I think. So, while the experience of being Black in America looks very different for different people, there are still a few shared experiences um, that are that are quite similar, such as racism, discrimination, and inequity, um, and those uh, can all play um, a significant role in a person's mental health. And being treated or perceived as less than because of the color of your skin can be stressful and even traumatizing. Additionally, members of the Black community face structural challenges accessing the care and treatment we really need. Now, in regards to obtaining mental health, wealth, and wellness, 
resiliency, and healing, there are a few shared cultural factors that are viewed and accepted as great sources of strength and support within our community. Hey, Peace Squad, your Peace Check information was gathered with data provided by the National Alliance on Mental Illness, also known as NAMI. If you or a family member is struggling with your mental health, please reach out and ask for help. A great place to start would be with your primary care physician. And here are a few organizations that can help as well. The Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, Brother, You're On My Mind, Ebony's Mental Health Resources by State, Hurdle, Melanin and Mental Health, and Ourselves Black. I am Serena Linnell, and this has been your Peace Check inside the Peace Lounge on Mix Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the Peace and Serenity Radio podcast inside the Peace Lounge on Mix Talk Radio. Let's get back to the show. What's up, Peace Squad, and welcome back to the Peace and Serenity Radio podcast. It's the P to the E to the A-C-E. It's the P to the E to the A-C-E. Oh, my goodness, y'all. I am your host, Serena Linnell, and you know I am your girl who is all about peace and serenity. Y'all know what month it is. It's June. We've talked to a few men. We've talked about men's health. We've talked about minority mental health awareness. Um, but this particular segment, we shedding some light on that good African-American music month. And guess what? It is all about the music with our next guest, y'all. Our next guest is another San Francisco native who is a gem and a jewel you definitely want to have around in your camp, crew, or circle. If the epitome of an eclectic soul and vibrant spirit was a person, y'all, you have no idea. Our guest is a solo artist, and they are also one of the lead vocalists for a dope band called Bionics, with whom she has performed at various events such as weddings, birthday parties, community events, festivals, and more. Our guest enjoys music and traveling and can be found watching TV, dancing, or just hanging out with people she loves when she's not writing, recording, or performing. Her mission is to bring good music with a message to the people. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the Peace and Serenity Virtual Studio, Miss Shamila Ivory. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, what's up, Mush? Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing, girl? I'm wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad that you are joining me because I would have it no other way to be talking about music and not right. have you on the show. Right. You know, that's <laughs> how we, where our foundation come from. You know what I mean? Exactly. We're going to get right into this because this moment is all about you. Okay, so when did you first fall in love with music? I mean, who knows, right? For as long as I can remember, um, my parents had records in the house. You know, we had the MC Hammer and the 357 and the guy and mama loved Jeffrey Osborne and you know back in the day now kids can listen to whoever they want to and you can have your own Spotify account and you can 
when we were growing up, no, you listened to what your mama and your daddy and your grandma and grandpa put on. It was only one record player and everybody had to listen to that. So Saturday mornings, it was the Isley Brothers, one of my favorite bands to this day because of that. My mom is, she knows every Isley Brothers song, maybe not the names, but when it come on, she gets to singing and dancing like, you know, she'd be grooving. 17 so that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. So you've been been around music all your life, um, loved music basically all your life. Um, what do you enjoy most about, um, not necessarily about music, but about being a musician, an artist? You know, um, I also very young, you know, got into writing like a lot of times um, words would get choked up in my mouth, which, you know, is a secret because I'm a talker. Um, thank you, Sonia. <laughs> um, so it, it may not sound like that when I'm, you know, talking to people, but there are times when my thoughts would be faster than my voice was. And so writing was an outlet. And I've been trying to write books and poems, you know, since I was probably five, six years old. Um, and so whenever you are able to say something and people get it and they understand it and they're able to connect to it or relate to it, mm -hmm. um, that's a beautiful feeling. And so to be able to have your words and have somebody be like, Oh, that, that's my jam or that spoke to me, or, you know, that, that really hit me in a place or that, that verse was fire or whatever that is, that yes. feeling, because those are my thoughts. Those are my words that, you know, I'm putting together that somebody else is saying, yes, you know what I'm saying? I, you you said something that maybe I wasn't able to, or maybe I was feeling and couldn't put words to. So that is um, a really big piece of it. And then rocking a crowd. I'm telling you, like when I can get a crowd going, oh my God. And my mom <laughs> always used to joke about like, you know, I run my my sets and I, you know, my uh, big brother, uh, shout out to Roja, Jairo Vargas, uh, uh, lead singer, Bionics, Roja, uh, cool customer. Um, he taught me about not just doing covers, but doing it like a DJ. If you're going to do it, people are going to, you know, burn out after the first verse, second verse or whatever. Yes. Put that next song in there, you'll never lose them on the dance floor. And that's my deal. Like, I know how to put together some songs to where you thought you was finna sit down and then the next one come in and you're like, ah, oh, I was about to go to the bar and get me a drink, but I can't because that's my, like, I love that. I love people oh singing God. back to me. I love, like, drawing the energy out of people. And that love, I know what it feels like for me to go to a great concert. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I remember going to see D'Angelo, you know, when he did, um, I, I saw every album, but you know, uh, Black Messiah. And I was so cute when I went to the concert. And when I came out, my makeup was run. I had a rip in my fishnets. My <laughs> hair was like, you know, whatever. And people was like, did you get beat up? Like what happened? I'm like, no, I just came to D'Angelo concert. <laughs> Either way, he's my, you know, one of my top two. Him and Lauren are my, my one and two. Um, but 
Yeah, they were like, who dragged you down the street? And I was like, no, I just had this amazing time at a Tiangelo show. And they like, girl, well, maybe you need to, I don't know, sit in the stands or something. <laughs> so that rocking the crowd, that feeling, that energy, like I'm all about that. I'm all about that. So would you prefer music from 2000, early 2000s, I would say, like the first decade? Um or the 90s or the 80s or the 70s? It's 90s all day. Like, because that was the era of albums for me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, middle school, that's high school. It's yeah. before streaming. You know, it's when you had to buy the CD and you yeah. fold it out or the tape and you had the flip out cover with the lyrics or the pictures. And now you just click on Spotify. I got so many albums on Spotify. Sometimes they come on. I'll be like, who is that? Like, when did I? <laughs> Back then, you know, you had your every CD and you listened to them from start to finish until they skipped yeah. and scratched. And you listened to your tape until it popped, you know? I let my yep. tape rock and my tape and pop, tape you know? <laughs> That's my favorite so. Biggie song! <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So that's, yeah, the 90s. The 90s is where it was at. It was right before technology blew up, you know what I mean, to where, you know, it was about likes. No, you had to go buy that CD. Artists yeah. counted the CD. So when you got a gold record or, you know, whatever, you were really doing something. You really pushing sales and people are going out and buying your material. Since we have this, you know, amazing artist and musician, we have this one-on-one -on -one time, we have this opportunity to, to chat with her. Um, we don't want to just hear her talk, y'all. We want to hear her do something on a microphone. Give us some, uh, some microphone candy, girl. For my chance to speak my mind with no limit to adhere to. Give me off the leash and let me bite. Sitting home has gassed my appetite. I need fire. I require no more liars. Peace expires. You want me to love you and reach you. You ask me to forgive you and teach you. What's left of my soul for my people? What's left for my people to cleave to? You'll never understand our cries. But if you're truly my ally, you will first set yourself aside. Make sure your people know what's right. guests for stopping by the peace and serenity virtual studio today i had a great time chatting with you keep doing what you're doing i see you doing amazing things hey it's nothing but peace and positivity mixed with good vibes over here 
Take a closer look into the life of a warrior named Serena Linnell in her debut memoir titled Finding Serenity. Yo, this is a must read. She's persevered with grace through her journey to peace through cancer and chaos. Serena is a breast cancer survivor, y'all, whose story is not only powerful, but it's transforming lives. She is a mental health advocate who is committed to helping people find their true identity. Be sure to visit peaceandserenity.com. Hold on, wait, you gotta write that down. That's P-E-A-C-E-A-N-D-C-Z-A-R-I-N-A-T-Y.com where you can learn more about her amazing story. And be sure to purchase your copy of Finding Serenity today. And while you're on the website, check out that Peace and Serenity merchandise. Show your support. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. You've just been officially plugged into Peace and Serenity, the podcast. If you enjoyed the show today, you can catch the entire interview on the Peace and Serenity radio podcast with your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you would like to advertise your business, sponsor a show, or sponsor a show segment, please contact peaceandserenity at gmail.com. We want to help you get your business in front of thousands of listeners and have your business recognized across six different countries. So why not advertise with us? Before we get out of here today, I wanted to make sure that I share with you different ways you can help support the mission of peace and serenity as we aim to spread peace throughout the world. You can donate to the show. You can donate to Random Acts of Kindness. You can donate to our Pink Christmas campaign. You can do all of this directly on our website at peaceandserenity.com. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for tuning in to the Peace and Serenity Radio Podcast inside the Peace Lounge on Mixed Talk Radio. I am your host, Serena Linnell, and you know I am your girl who is all about peace and serenity. That's all I want for y'all. I just want you to have a little peace. I love y'all. If you don't have peace, get you some. I'm out.